This is a Federal News Network podcast. You might not have realized the Drug Enforcement Administration has a foundation. It's been working for 20 years to help young people find healthy alternatives to drug use. It recently held a major fundraiser in connection with some big stars of Broadway. Here with details, the DEA Education Foundation's chairman of the board, Bill Alden. Mr. Alden, good to have you on. Well, thank you, Tom. It's a pleasure for me to be on today. Tell us about the foundation itself. I, I was surprised to find that there is a DEA Educational Foundation in the first place. Yes. Well, we started the foundation by we, I mean myself, and uh, another former agent at the time in 2001. I am a former DEA special agent. I served 28 and a half years as a DEA special agent. And my last nine years I spent in Washington, D.C. at DEA headquarters, and I headed the Office of Congressional and Public Affairs at the time. And so when I retired, And I retired quite a while ago in 1993. Several of us were interested in doing something to support the DEA mission and, frankly, to help kids stay off of drugs and to uh, provide them with healthy alternatives. With the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, we had to fairly quickly switch gears and go from live events and live programming to virtual events. We were able to do that successfully, and we've maintained our after-school programming, which includes the after-school DEA Youth Dance Program and other programs virtually in almost all the cities that we had been live prior to. So we're, we're, we're very happy about the ability for us to be flexible and to provide an opportunity for kids to still participate in our programming. Because uh, as you probably are aware, with COVID, most of the schools are closed and the kids are frankly quite bored. And so to give them an opportunity to still participate with their instructors is 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 very very healthy for them and they're very excited to participate all right and uh, give us some idea of the types of events you do to raise funds for these activities and maybe let's start with the most recent broadway event this was our second virtual fundraiser event that we had we had we had the first one that we tried out in october where we worked with a media organization pr company in nashville tennessee called pla media and uh, we were able to acquire the services, the volunteer services of several country music stars. And I was able to convince my friend, Gary Morris, who I met several years ago at an event, who was in 1982 the Country Music Singer of the Year, and then went to Broadway later on and played the role of Jean Valjean in Les Miserables. And also he played the lead in Blah Boheme. So Gary was was really interested in helping us. And so I was able to convince him and he introduced us to PLA Media. And so we had our first fundraiser in October, a virtual fundraiser. We had various country stars perform for us and it was successful and we had a really good experience. And it was Gary who suggested because of his experience on Broadway that we uh, try a Broadway event later on, which we put together and we had in at the end of March this past year. We worked again with Gary Morris 
He was our co-host, along with Rima Webb from Color Purple and several other major Broadway musicals. We had the opportunity to solicit many others in the field, and we got tremendous cooperation from the Broadway performers, and they all volunteered their time to be helpful. In most cases, they performed. In other cases, they gave us a what we call a shout-out, you know, talking about the Educational Foundation the impact that we had and the fact that it was a good program, particularly for children. We're speaking with Bill Alden. He's chairman of the board of the DEA Educational Foundation. And if you would, just tell us a little bit more in detail about the programs that you do run. You mentioned a youth dance program. What types of kids do they serve and where do they take place? Yeah, we have our anchor program. It's our oldest program called the DEA Educational Foundation Youth Dance Program. And it uses professional dance companies as instructors. We hire and we vet and we do backgrounds and we train various dance company participants around the country. Prior to COVID-19, we were in 50 cities across the U.S., and we provide a platform that is after school, usually in the school somewhere afterwards, where the dance instructor then works with kids up to 30 kids at a time to, uh, to help teach them the healthy activity of dance, which is extremely, extremely popular. I must say that there is no cost to the schools, no cost to the community, no cost to the students. The cost of the program is completely absorbed by the DEA Educational Foundation. And that's, that's in part why we have to have fundraisers like we just recently had. And you have a pretty long history of dealing with the stars of stage and screen. And tell us about the involvement with the Breaking Bad crew, because that's kind of ironic since it glorified someone that produced methamphetamines and had them distributed around, were involved with them, right, and they were right. helpful yeah, to yeah, the foundation. Exactly. Back in 2016, at the Beverly Hilton Hotel, we had a, an event where we honored Vince Gilligan, who is the creator and producer and director of Breaking Bad. We also honored all the actors and the writers and producers who were involved in Breaking Bad. And the reason we did it was because uh, in the portrayal of Breaking Bad, whenever there was a scene where there was methamphetamine use or abuse, it was portrayed accurately. And it wasn't gratuitous in any way, form, like a lot of other TV shows in other movies where they present gratuitous drug use inaccurately and without consequences. Well, we believe that Vince did an honest job in presenting the facts as they exist, and he always presented the realistic impact of methamphetamine on the on abuser or user at the time. So there were consequences. There were also consequences for Walter White, who was played by Brian Cranston. We became a, a friends and associates with a lot of the actors and, and producers and Vince Gilligan himself, who has been extremely supportive of the DEA Educational Foundation. Dean Norris, who played DEA Special Agent uh, Hank Schrader, has become a, a, a very good supporter and friend and colleague of the DEA Educational Foundation, as has Brian Cranston. And we reached out to Brian this time and asked him to participate because of his experience on Broadway and because of the name recognition, and he agreed to do a shout-out for us. And we opened with it on the virtual fundraiser that we had two weeks ago. Fantastic. So what do you plan on coming up with? And uh, if people are able to get together again, do you have any programs for fundraising planned? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, we had talked 
honestly about doing another live event in New York City this coming fall. But we're really concerned that our timing may be a little premature. And so we're going to have a call actually Monday internally to do some brainstorming. And I'm quite sure we're going to delay any live events until the spring of 2022. And they could possibly be in LA, Las Vegas, or New York City. And right now we're kind of uncertain about the timing and the location, but that's that's what we're talking about. The earliest possible live event for us will be the spring of 2022. And a final question, what kind of interest do you get from the agency itself? Are you in connection with them and do they have input into the programs and that kind of thing? I always talked about we're the perfect example of a public-private partnership. And, and I think that we are, and we have been for the last 20 years. DEA provides guidance. They help us with some programming. We're treated as oftentimes as another organization in the prevention research education field. And so some of our programming is attractive to DEA. Some of it uh, is utilized by DEA. But not but not all of it, because we do so many different things. But I consider and we consider the DEA Educational Foundation considers DEA to be a full fledged partner of our efforts. And uh, we work with them constantly and we work with the various field divisions throughout the United States that help us with our programming. Bill Alden is chairman of the board of the DEA Educational Foundation and former chief of congressional and public affairs at the DEA. Thanks so much for joining me. You're welcome, Tom. It's been a real pleasure. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Podcast One or wherever you get your shows. We now bring you a special presentation from our friends at WEPA. Shane, thanks for joining us. Can you tell us about WEPA and your new podcast? Mike, great to see you again. The podcast series, Lessons in Leadership, what we're trying to do is, is take a deeper dive, a different angle into the conversation around leadership with great leaders at all levels of government. Uh, since the 1900s, leadership has been studied in a serious and academic way. Uh, great man theory, the leader-follower theory, the inspirational leader, transformational leader, all of these are backward-looking um, development of styles, looking at an individual, figuring out how they did leadership, and then translating it into a form that we can use today to learn, to perhaps emulate, copy. But great leaders, they have more than one style. I think, I truly think that a great leader can adapt and transform into the role that's needed at that time. So, what we're trying to do is, is talk to great leaders and go a level deeper. Tell us about your, a story in your past. Tell us an inspiration that really affected your ability to lead others. And this certainly applies in the uh, federal space. The federal government, it's over 2 million employees. Great leaders are throughout the federal government, both at the top and the middle ranks. And what we want to do is Ask them to pull inside their memory, pull inside their personal history, find those moments in time when they were changed, they were inspired, they learned something about leadership from another person, perhaps it was uh, from themselves, 
And they brought that to the workplace, and they inspired other and became great leaders. So that's what we're trying to do with the podcast. Okay, so I, I get that you wanted to start with leadership, but what makes leadership such an important topic right now for federal workers? Great question. Leadership today is tested like never before. Um, today's, if I had to put a leadership style, if I had to put names to it, we hear about um, empathetic, we hear transparent, we hear uh, inspirational. So today we have COVID, we have a down economy, we have people, we have social uh, injustice that we're dealing with. There are many new factors. And it's drawing like never before on a leader's ability to pull from within themselves and adapt to the current change. So leadership today is almost brand new again. We're taking all kinds of different styles, attributes, learnings that leaders have. They're looking at the current situation that we're in and understanding how do I move groups of people? How do I move my employees? How do I inspire? How do I get them to the next best place? So I think leadership today, this conversation uh, is extremely relevant, perhaps more relevant than it's been in several decades. You know, we talk about an employee's personal route to growth, but what role does the management side have in this? I think in the federal government, it's, it's a little bit different than it is in the private sector. Uh, my father was a civilian federal employee. Uh, he joined the federal government in the 1960s. Uh, John Kennedy, he was inspired by ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. He had opportunities to go in the private sector. That notion of service inspired him. It inspired an entire generation. I would like to think that call to service which is unique in, in the federal space, in the government space, still exists today. Well, that about says it all. But is anything else you'd want the audience to know about you personally or WEPA as, as an organization? Uh, I have been uh, around the group affinity insurance world for um, three decades. Uh, led This is my second uh, major organization that I've led. And I will tell you that we impart this feeling, uh, you mentioned it, Mike, about service, this notion. We serve those who serve. And uh, I will tell you that it's refreshing. It's a blessing to be there. And I have so much respect for civilian federal employees at every level of government. In this podcast, we're hoping to talk to leaders which are similarly inspired and can share their learnings over a lifetime and uh, this will be useful information uh, for anybody in government service. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, Think twice before sending money through an app or online. 
Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.